All right, ladies, welcome back to the Fit to Be a Mama podcast. I am pretty excited about today's guest. Uh, if you have followed me for any amount of time, you know that I just love Heather Chauvin and because she has a book coming out March 7th. So when this, when this episode is launched, it will officially be released. So Dying to Be a Good Mother is a book that you need to get your hands on ASAP. So we're going to touch on that. But first, I just wanted to welcome Heather to the podcast. Yay. This Yay. is going to be one of my favorite conversations. And thank you for inviting me to the podcast. Okay. I do have one question for you before we start. What does your current morning routine look like? Oh, that's an awful question. <laughs> um, okay. I was actually thinking about this because when I think about morning routines, I think about you hmm. and cause you talk about it a lot and I, mine, you and I are two very different humans when it comes to your routines hmm. and I'm, that drives me nuts. So <laughs> I'm like consistently inconsistent. It's always different. But for me, like, so lately, because we're in a winter season, like a physical winter season, I have been giving myself permission to sleep in more, mm -hmm. but from like a nourished place, not a place from like, oh, I just need more sleep. And I typically get up, um, I have a Peloton. So I'll do like 20, 30 minutes of cardio, like just to get my brain going. Um, and then I jump into water and food. And I've actually been moving like journaling, meditation, reflection time throughout the day or adding that to my nighttime routine. And I found that in the morning, it was really about setting my intention, like moving my body first, which to me feels like I'm pumping the energy through, you know, through my body. Um, and then sometimes when I'm on the bike, I'm not paying attention to whoever's talking, you know, in the little class. I will put headphones on and I'm listening to a book or a podcast or sometimes just um, a meditation while I'm doing cardio, depending on my mind and where I am. And even depending on my cycle, Megan. Ooh. Yeah. I thought I threw it. that one in there too. Yeah. Nice one. Nice one. Yeah. So do you, um, do you set an alarm or do you just let your body like naturally wake up? Um, I set an alarm. And I have one of those lights, mm -hmm. <laughs> those sun lights. Yeah. Um, we also bought a chili pad. Have you ever heard of a chili pad? Oh, well, I think we talked about this right when you got it. What, maybe just explain what that is. So it is a chili pad. <laughs> <laughs> if you, <laughs> it's something that goes on top of the bed. Um, and it has this little tiny, like it's, it's like a mattress cover, but it has like a little tiny, um, I don't know, system throughout the mattress cover. Like you can feel it like a little tube yeah. and it flushes water, like cold water through the process, but it can, it can cool it or it can heat it. So there's a lot of science behind it. It was definitely an investment. So I got one big enough for the whole bed. You can get one for like one side of the bed. Um, so in the summer, you can have it like really cold. Like it's just like cold spots, like the best mm -hmm. cold spots. 
um, or in the winter, you can heat it up, but it actually, you can have it at whatever temperature you want. And there's a whole bunch of research behind um, your body actually going into rest and recovery, like better during your sleep with a cooler temperature. Like when your body is a little bit above, like, I don't know, freaking, I'm not like a scientist. There's, there's a lot of science behind it, but what it does is it's on a timer. So you can, um, there's an app, of course, there's an app for everything and around 5am it starts to heat up. So with that mm. and the light, it's like, I don't have to wake up to an alarm. My body is naturally waking up because of the temperature, which is really oh, interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's yeah. like kind of forcing like a gentle way of getting your body to like get up. Cause I have the light too, um, which I talk about all the time. And that has been like such a game changer for just getting me to like naturally wake up. But yeah, I could see how the temperature change would also be like another layer. But I remember the first two nights I had a, like, I felt so rested, like a very deep, deep sleep. And it was almost like shocking, like night and day. And then after that, I don't know if the novelty wore off or my body adjusted. Um, I can definitely tell if I sleep in another bed that doesn't have the chili pad. So um, yeah, my husband likes it too. So chili pad, if you look it up, All it's, right. a, it's an investment for sure. But mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Heather, will you just do a quick little intro of like, who are you? What do you do? Yeah. So I'm Heather Chauvin, founder of a lot of things, uh, the host of the podcast called Mom is in Control and the new book, Dying to be a Good Mother. Um, I'm actually a former social worker and I left my traditional job as a social worker because I just had that voice, that desire inside of me to make an impact. And I felt like I wasn't making an impact in my job. Um, I have three boys. They're currently 16, 11, and eight. They keep changing their ages, which screws me up every time I have to pitch how old they are. <laughs> and um, I it was mothering and motherhood that really cracked me open. And so I talked a lot about conscious parenting at the beginning, which I know is, you know, you and I have talked a lot about, and that's mm. why, you know, where we started our relationship together. Yeah. Um, and then it's evolved over that time because seven years ago, the whole point of the title of the book, but seven years ago, I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer and I actually started my business a few years before that. And my business was very parent-child focused. And it was really about helping parents see and understand their children's behavior. Like, why won't my children listen to me? How do I discipline? Um, and really digging into that. But then when I started to work with my clients, they would say things to me like, I don't have time. I'm exhausted. Um, my relationship is falling apart. And they felt out of control in their life. And I started to see the correlation with, you know, I understand that your child's behavior is what's, you know, the pain point, like what's bringing you in. But now that you're in, we have to look at everything. So now I look at the whole woman and it's like, how do you want to feel in every aspect of your life, including parenting? And then we reverse engineer your life around your anchor feelings or your core desired feelings. And 
um, that's what mom is in control is about. But what I'm finding now as, and I'm sure Megan, you notice this too, as you learn and grow and talk, it's like you evolve over time. And, um, you know, I love talking about emotional intelligence, but I love talking about fear and resistance and truly understanding how to co-create our lives with guilt or with fear. It's not about getting rid of an emotion first. It's really about looking at it and becoming our best selves. And I know today we're going to be talking about your future self or your higher self, um, because I believe we have those desires inside of us, the desire to to become something different. And then we doubt those desires or, you know, fear takes over or guilt takes over or our barrier stories keep us safe. And when we're playing safe, oftentimes that's where we find ourselves overwhelmed or disconnected, angry, resentful, living in disease, like carrying extra weight on your body or feeling like you're not worthy but when you're looking at a culture that is telling you that that's okay and that's normal and you shouldn't want more, you shouldn't want to feel amazing, um, then you stay there. And so I kind of want to take a stand for revolutionizing how women feel and think and show up in the world. Um, and personally, and I know this is a long-winded introduction, but personally, <laughs> I feel very disconnected to modern mothering. And so in this book, um, you know, people often think like, oh, no one understands me or no one gets me. I'm like, that's okay. You're here to make an impact. You're here to be the trailblazer. And when you do that, you know, you're the one on the front lines and people behind you going, show me the way, show me the way. So um, I'm here to change the conversation for women that we can be the mother that we want, have the relationships that we want with our children, but also really enjoy every other aspect of our life. And you do not need to overwhelm or burn yourself out to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is like a very full circle moment because, um, well, I think we actually connected like four years ago. It was in March and I'm pretty sure it was four years ago. Cause I don't think, I think it's been more than three. I think we're coming up to our four-year anniversary, Heather, which is exciting, (laughs) but I found, I found you through your podcast and literally all I was doing was searching for a mom podcast. Like, I think that's actually what I put in the search bar was mom podcast. Yours popped up and I was like, okay, I'll start listening to this. And I probably listened to you for a good year and just like, it was everything you were saying was exactly what I needed to hear, but I had never heard it before. And I had never thought that way. And even just through your podcast, which is, which is why I know that like podcasts can like seriously change someone's life um, just by simply listening and implementing because you did without me even contacting you, without me even knowing you, you started to change how I was showing up in my own life and for my children. Of course, I needed a lot more, which is why then I started working with you and still continue to work with you. Um, But it's just like the things that you have taught me over the past four years and just shown me and opened my eyes has been just absolutely life-changing, but I thought it was just going to be parenting. Mm -hmm. 
I came to you because when I laid down at the end of the day in bed, I felt like someone had punched me in the stomach because all I could think about was how like shitty of a mom I felt and how I had ignored my kids or yelled too much. And I would say tomorrow I'll be better tomorrow. I'll be more present tomorrow. I won't yell. And I did that over and over and over again, every night feeling sick about how I had shown up. And I knew that I had to just like break that cycle. So I thought, Oh, Heather will help me with my parenting, which of course you did, but it was not the parenting necessarily. That was like the underlying issue. So it's, yeah, this is just like a really, um, just amazing moment for me having you here and just being able to, are you going to cry? I'm expecting tears. No, I'm not going to cry. I save those for our private moments. Oh, good. Good. (laughs) Thank you. I remember, um, well, you were sharing my podcast and Mm -hmm. there was a few other women that were reaching out to me and I was like, how did you find me? And they're like, oh, I'm in this like group and someone shared your podcast or it's part of a challenge. And I was like, okay. And then when we started working together, you're randomly, you didn't really tell me, but you were like, oh yeah, that was, that was me. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I mean, I've always said to you, I'm like, you've been my number one fan, but you're, and I know you see this as well, but you're somebody, Megan, who I talk about spiritual entertainment and how, um, and I think that's really important, even a conversation to have, because when we want change, we want change in our life, and then we take action. There's, it's a very different lifestyle and reality. And so I heard this term years ago, and I think it was Mastin Kip that I heard it from, um, spiritual entertainment, which may, which means you're reading the books, you're listening to the podcast, you're taking all of the free crap that you see online, webinars, whatever, which I love, but you're not integrating. You're not doing the work, but somewhere in your brain, because you're absorbing it, you think you're actually doing it. And I used to catch myself doing this all the time. Like I bought the gym clothes. I, you know, have the membership. Why isn't anything changing? But I wasn't actually creating the space to do the work. And so what I notice is when people, you know, people will be like, I'm doing this and this and this and this, but nothing's working. And I'm like, because you're not really working it. You're not going deep enough And you're just, you're, you know, it's like, you're just opening the garage door, but you're not going in the house and then you're in the house, but you haven't really taken your shoes off and like sat down and like made yourself cozy because when you're stepping closer to who you want to be and the life that you want to live and how you want to feel, that's immediately when your stuff comes up. And so you'll go in the past, right? People I like, I used to be a therapist. I'm a huge fan of therapy. Keep doing what is working for you. But then you're going to get to a point where you're like, I'm done talking about my problems. I want to focus on the future. Mm -hmm. And I always say, you do not go to the dentist for a broken foot. You Mm -hmm. walk into the dentist and you're like, my foot's broken. They're going to be like, 
okay, what do you want me to do about it? Or they're going to try to fix your foot. You're not going to get the right results, right? So when you feel like something isn't working in your life, it is time for a change. But humans don't like change. So when you're sitting there and you're like, I feel like a failure day after day, day after day, day after day, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And we've been taught as women, as mothers, as humans, like you're literally inheriting your parenting skills from your parents or the culture around you. And you're like, this isn't working. You have to do something different. And in order to do something different, you have to literally walk in the house, get really cozy on that couch. <laughs> and I'm going to make you focus on what do you want? What does that look like? How does that feel like? Like, let's do the work. And the second you commit to that process, every barrier that was holding you back will rush to the surface. You do not need to go searching for it. It's right there. Yeah. And I think when, I think I remember one of our first conversations, like I, I, I didn't want to like go into the past. I thought of therapy and, and all of like this inner work was like going like back to your childhood and trying to find what happened and digging up all of the past. And I was like, I have no idea if there's anything there, but I don't want to go there. Like, I just want to go forward. I don't want to do that. And I remember you saying, no, that's not what we're going to do. However, in the process, things of course come to the surface, like you, like you said, and you have to work through them. But I mean, this, I had no idea that this work would be so challenging and so uncomfortable, but I also had no idea I could get to a whole new level in life. I had, I had no idea. Like I thought the level I was at was okay. Like it was fine. I had no idea there was more. And now that I know it's like, okay, I'll keep doing like the uncomfortable stuff. I'll keep like feeling all of these like really uncomfortable feelings um, because I know where it's going to take me. So I just keep going. So yeah. I love that you didn't use the word hard. I well, I'm trying. I, I, I knew you'd I like was, flash me the finger if I did. You just said uncomfortable three times. <laughs> I always talk about, you know, everyone is so addicted to the word hard. Like we can do hard things. It takes hard work. And I'm like, then it feels hard. And our brain is searching for how can I make this hard? Right. And when you're trying to create a lifestyle of freedom and ease and you know, you want to be present and you want to eliminate the chaos or be calm in the chaos. You can't make that hard because then your focus is like, I need to make this hard. So what I realized was it's not hard work. It's emotionally uncomfortable work. And you don't also have to do it all in one day. So I could like step into the discomfort, stretch a little bit and be like, okay, like check box for the day I'm done. Now I can go back into my little comfort zone. And it's, you know, I know both of us talk about like micro habits and developing lifestyles and you're definitely not selling, you know, a quick fix. It's like, this is who you become and you can integrate who you want to be and how you want to feel. So the more I personally am like, oh, this isn't hard. It's just emotionally uncomfortable okay, step into the discomfort. Oh, wow. It's actually not that scary. Once you've stepped in, 
okay, I'm just going to work through this. It's imperfect. It's messy. All right. Wow. That actually wasn't that bad. Right. You just, you, before we hit record, you asked me about the book and like, what does it feel like? I'm like, I've been at this for so long that now that it's here, I'm like, I think the, it's always the illusion that gets the mind of like, I'm going to reach this goal and it's going to feel like this. And then you get there and you're like, it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> it's a book, just like any other book on the shelf. Yes, it's a huge accomplishment, but so is like bringing children into the world. So is like, you know, accomplishing your, your fitness goals. So is like, you know, eliminating like toxic people and foods in your life. Like it's, it's all a journey. And I really feel like part of the celebration is like the conscious decision to celebrate yourself on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, we want to like get into talking about our higher self, our future self. Um, What, like, what kind of comes up for you? I think that I feel like we had this conversation on a car ride not too long ago. And this was sort of when we really like got into this conversation. And I, I don't know if it had to do with your book, Mm. but just the idea of like, it's already created. Yeah. Like it's already done. It's already happened. It's already a success. Um, I think that's what, that was kind of where that conversation stemmed from, wasn't it? I have no idea, but I, this was like the first time I heard you talk about like your future self or your higher self. And I was like, Megan, you need to talk more about this because I, I, I don't even want to say I see it differently. I really don't. I just don't focus a lot of my energy and attention there. Cause I talk a lot about desire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're all saying the same thing. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter who you're hearing it from. Someone else is just saying it with a different language, a different accent, a different way. And it just clicks for you. And I'm the type of person that when I'm learning about something, I hear it from like, I'll read 10 different books on it. And then you can see the through line, like you can see the common denominator. So I always tell people, don't like, don't exhaust yourself trying to like learn about all these different things at once, learn about the same thing, but just learn it from different people or read different books or different podcasts. You're going to hear the common denominator. And then for me, I'm like, Oh, focus on that. But what future self, do you say future self, higher self? What do you say? Yeah, I think, I think I kind of go back and forth, like my future self, my higher self. Hmm. It depends sort of like where I'm at, if I'm like visualizing, I visualize my future self, but if I'm just sort of like thinking, I guess it's just like my higher self or yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if that makes sense. I like future because it's like the future you. Yeah. It's it to me, like I've always, not always really since you came into my life, And I started thinking about like the universe and like a bigger purpose, a higher purpose, but that's still, I still couldn't like picture it. Like I couldn't see it. I couldn't like materialize that like universe and, and like bigger thing. Um, 
And, you know, for some people it's like God or Jesus. And what's really interesting is um, a close friend of mine, a couple years ago, she gave me this like beautiful book and it's called like Jesus calling, I think. And it's just different every day. It's like the dates. And so for a full year and it's little, um, like a little like, devotional, a little devotional. Yeah. And so I didn't do anything with it. And then something just kind of made me pick it up about a month or so ago. And I've been, I, so I'll just open it up in the mornings and just read what the little like devotional is for the, for the day. And, and I'm reading it and I'm like, okay, yes, it's saying Jesus, but to me, it's my future self. Mm-hmm. That's who's guiding me. So it's, it's just really whatever makes sense for you. It could be like an ancestor or the universe, God, Jesus, your higher self, like whatever it is, but there's just, it's like something to, that's guiding you and like helping you make decisions. But there's something for me that's really powerful and almost comforting about knowing that all of this has already been designed for us and Mm. everything is already laid out for us like but we have an opportunity to take different paths and that can change sort of what the future looks like but our future self is always trying to like guide us to where it wants us to go because it knows like our future self knows where we want to go and knows sort of like the best way to get there and we can go that way which will be you know sort of the the easier but uncomfortable path I suppose Mm -hmm. but we might get kind of lost on the way and things might happen and things might derail us but I think our future self is always like no 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 this way like come on come on come on like you might have to backtrack but like this is the way you're supposed to go this is the outcome and I always just keep telling myself everything that I desire it's already been done. It's already there on the other side. I just have to keep taking those like breadcrumbs to where I'm supposed to be. And I can kind of let go of that fear of like, but what if it doesn't happen? What if I'm doing it wrong? Um, Because I just keep, and I use that in my visualizations is I see her Mm -hmm. and I realized that I've been doing this for so long. Like even as simple as like, my kitchen. I know it's just like a kitchen renovation, but for me, it was something so much bigger. And I would see my future self in that kitchen. And I saw her over and over and over again, doing the exact same thing. I could see the whole situation unfold. And it was like, it was like my, my vision and what I was working towards. And I knew it was going to happen because I saw it. And then now that it's happened, and and this is kind of what I was talking to you about with the book launch, like I I knew my kitchen was going to happen because I saw it so many times. And then when it was finally done and all together, I wasn't even surprised because I'm like, yeah, duh. Like I've seen this already. My future self has already had this happen to, to her. So this isn't a surprise. I'm not shocked at any of this because I, I already have lived it essentially. So I wondered if that was sort of how you felt too, with the book, like this, this is, this was already done long before you started. Okay. This is such a fun, interesting conversation. 
Um, because even when you were talking, I was thinking about a road trip, right? And I, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen that analogy where it's like, you're going on a road trip, you know, your final destination and you have like a map to get there. And sometimes there's roads that are closed or there's construction or an accident or whatever. And so you detour and you go around, but you're always leading back to that final destination. And when you get to that destination, sometimes you're like fatigued or you're like, okay, we're here. We made it. But you, you're not like, oh my God, we made it. And it's like this big elated moment. You're like, okay, yay, we're here. Now we get to unpack now. Like, okay, next. But there's this expectation that you're going to achieve. You're going to get there. Like, you know, where you're going and that's exactly what you're saying. Um, but there's trust there. There's like a belief that it's possible, a belief that it's going to happen. And I think where we lose ourselves is we begin to like lose trust in ourselves and we begin to lose belief in ourselves and then we doubt ourselves and then we start backtracking, right? Because the ego gets in the way and the fear and the guilt and all of that. And the book I knew was going to happen, like along the journey, you know, the destination book launch, but I knew it was going to happen because I had people in place, meaning like I hired the support that I needed, didn't do it by myself because when I was doing it by myself, I was like lost and in a circle. And why would I ever think I could launch a book by myself? I'm not an expert. I've never done it before. Like, I don't understand why women think that it's like, if you want something in your life, hire somebody who can help you or do it. Like, you know, someone who has already has that result. And then it's not like follow their system because what works for me and what works for you are going to be two different things, but take the GPS and say, okay, step one, step two, step three, like the breadcrumbs and be like, does this feel good? Does it not feel good? Is it resistance? Is it fear? What is it? So yeah, getting, you know, the book is launched. Now it's like go time. It's like, I've reached one destination on a big, long road trip. And I'm like, it was expected. Like I'm here. I already knew this was going to happen. So there's not this big, um, nostalgic egotistical moment of like yes right because I think that's that's the illusion in our mind of what we think is going to feel good and I you know this but I talk a lot about and I talk about it in the book but I talk a lot about how do you want to feel because we think when we get to that point and I know for you you're you talk a lot about fitness and food when I lose the weight when my body looks like this then I'm, then I will be happy. Then I will feel this. Then I will go do that. That's not how it works because I just lost 30 pounds since July intentionally. And yes, I feel better in my skin, but I'm not like, oh, now I'm, I'm this person. Like you have to force yourself to feel the way that you want to feel every single day because it's the feeling that you're after. It's not the vision. It's not the visual. So why did I want to lose weight? Because I felt heavy in my body. I didn't feel good. I felt clogged. I didn't feel clean and energized. And I was holding on to excessive weight. It wasn't about, um, 
I want to look good in a bikini. Like that might be a side effect. And what does that even mean to look good in a bikini? You have a body, put a freaking bikini on. That's called a bikini body. Like I just <laughs> like the whole fitness industry, but it's like your body is you, but it's how you want to feel in it. So if you think losing that weight, why you're, because you want to feel good. You want to feel alive. You want to feel energized. You better figure out what you want to do every single day that is going to have that breadcrumb and compound effect that's going to lead you to that energy. And that's what I teach. That's what energetic time management is. Um, but something that you are kind of bringing up for me, which I feel like you have more belief than I do. Like you just trust, like it's already happening. It's already happening because fear and doubt get in the way. But when I, this is vision, this is desire. When I was a young child, I, I remember, and I talk about it in the book, having this moment of like, I don't matter. I don't matter. I don't really have a purpose on this earth. And I wanted to leave my body. I just wanted to leave my body. I wanted to end it. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. This is painful. This is very difficult. And I remember I was in grade nine and I was walking down the hall. I asked to go to the washroom and I was crying because I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. I don't, I don't want to live. I just, I can't do this anymore. And this voice, this like inner voice, whatever it was, call it God, call it universe, whatever. This knowing was like, do not give up. You have a big purpose. Oh, Do not gosh. give up. You have a big purpose. And I didn't know what it was. I just believed it. Like it almost shook me somehow. And I didn't really, I grew up Roman Catholic. So I had um, mixed feelings about the word God. And so I was like, whatever that was, it just, it really shook me. So I didn't, I didn't give up that night. And then I had a moment like that again and again and again and again. I've had about three of them. Um, and one was when I was in the hospital during chemo. I, so people have always asked me, like, are you afraid of dying? Or, you know, were you afraid of getting cancer again? And of course you are sick and, you know, you're pretty close to death. Like I was stage four, my body was giving out and um, I remember being in and out of the hospital. I'd go in for two weeks and they treated me like a pediatric. Um, it was funny. I was like, a, I was getting treated like a child. I had pediatric uh, chemo. And so they hit me really hard. And then my body would like, re, like come back up. My counts would get better and they'd hit me again. But I'd have to stay in the hospital because I was so um, vulnerable. And one night, I think it was during the first round, I was really, really sick. I went blind. I couldn't see for a few days. Like my body was like flushing everything out. Um, and I surrendered. And I remember having this moment in the hospital where I saw these, you can call it angels. You could call it visions. I don't know. I could feel this like white light that looked like people, but I couldn't see people. It was just their silhouette coming in and out of my hospital room all night, in and out, in and out. And I felt very safe. I wasn't scared. I felt very safe. And like the knowing again, it was like they were doing surgery on me. And before that moment, I was living in a lot of fear. Like I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I don't know if I'm going to recover from this, like fear, doubt. It was there. 
even though I still had that inner conviction and determination to live. So I was doing everything I possibly could to hang on to like the, the little thread of hope. But after that, I woke up and I was like, whatever my diagnosis is, I'm completely content. Like my prognosis, I'm completely content, but I know I'm going to live. Like I, it was a knowing because I felt like they plucked something out of me. They literally like, it was like, I felt like beliefs or some soul thing. I was told after I had a soul transfer and that the, I'm getting really woo woo. And, and that, um, this was in my spiritual contract, my soul contract before I came into this body on this earth. Mm -hmm. And because I'm such a stubborn mule (laughs) and like a rebel and very bullheaded, they had to get me to surrender completely to that point so that they could, you know, kind of put me back together. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and I felt complete. Um, For a very long time in my life, I felt not out of body. And when I say soul transfer, like you can Google it, but it doesn't mean like I had a different soul. It could mean many things. Um, To me, it was like, I felt like I went to the chiropractor and I, my bot, like I just had needed a little soul adjustment or something. And it was very interesting because I'm like, interesting. Like I feel more like myself, which was so intriguing. So whatever happened, I just have to trust. I have to trust the process. And it wasn't that, you know, cancer is my story and cancer is my, cause I don't like to talk about it a lot, to be honest with you. Um, it's something that happened to me, but it's not me. It's not, um, it's not all of me. I'm not like, I hate introducing myself as the cancer survivor. I'm like, yeah, that happened. We all have a story. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it was like a little, uh, speed bump, you know, it's part of my journey, but on a bigger, much bigger level, who I was previous to that was I was already searching. Like I dove into personal development nine years before I was diagnosed because when my son was born, I really, I, I was like, I need to become the person that I most desire you to be. And I didn't know what that meant, but I knew I was just willing to try. And so I went to school, got educated, got the job. So a lot of it was like, I was checking off the boxes of who society wanted me to be like outward success, which I know a lot of people resonate with. They're like, I, I got the education. I got the job. I'm making the money. I have the house. I have the car. I have the kids and I feel empty inside. And I was like, there's, there's more here. There's still more here. I don't know what's going on. There's more here. And then I found meditation and then I found mindfulness and I found spirituality because I was trying to figure out why do I feel like I'm failing as a mother? How come I can't understand my son's anxiety and fear and overwhelm and just childlike behaviors when I have a degree in mental health and child psychology And I feel like I'm failing. And all of the mainstream professionals are like, honey, suck it up, buttercup. Like that's, this is a phase, this is a stage. But my inner knowing, that little voice, that desire was like, keep going, not this. Like they're lying, not they're lying, but there is another way, there is another way. And so I kept listening to the desire and just learning and growing and my son, 
who's now 16, the oldest one, was just mirroring to me where I needed to learn and grow. Like he was showing me my anxiety because of course I didn't know how to manage my own anxiety. So I'm freaking out and trying to micromanage his anxiety and like, okay, let me, let me control you and your behaviors and your emotions, which of course is why we yell and do all of this because we're not in control. And so he just showed me how to learn, like to learn about myself. And he's done that. All my kids have done that throughout the whole, the whole journey. And then they learn and grow. And then there's a new developmental phase. And I'm like, oh crap, now I need to step into, you know, a different future self, or now it's, I'm ready for the next level. Um, but there's something just the way you were talking about it is like, if you truly believe that what you desire is one worthy of desiring and that you matter and you believe that that is a destination or one stop in your road trip called life and you're like yeah we're gonna go there we're just gonna fill the tank and we're gonna get in the car and we're just gonna drive and you know we will follow the gps but if the gps isn't working properly or we want to take the scenic route that's fine but really it's about believing that, believing your intuition, trusting your intuition, trusting that inner voice. And I think for a really long time, I was in so much pain and discomfort mentally and emotionally and feeling the sense of loneliness that I had to trust myself. I, there was nobody else there. There was nobody else there for me to lean on to trust. I was like, you're 18, you're a mother, you're on government assistance. If you want to make money and be something of yourself, guess who's going to do the work? It's going to be you. So we don't need to die to be good in the world. And dying to me is not about physically dying and getting waiting for disease or illness or your life to explode in your face before you take action. Dying is not even considering your needs. It is the most unselfish thing you can do to consider your needs because everybody else around you benefits. And I don't know how many times I'm going to say that in my life, but you have to prove your, yourself wrong. You have to make people uncomfortable. You have to disappoint people around you. Uh, one day something's going to explode in your life and then you are now going to take action on all the things that you knew you should have taken action on. And so I'm at a point in my life now where I know that game. I know. And I'm not just talking about if you don't take care of yourself physically, you're going to get sick again, Heather. I do this in every area of my life where I know there's resistance, there's contrast, there's what I don't want coming to me. It's, it's trying to put pressure on me to get me back in my lane so that I'm still focused on my future self. But when I'm choosing to like feed into that pressure, because, you know, I'm not perfect. We have days in contrast, but it, it like leads you back to yourself. But when you're like, I'm supposed to suffer, I'm supposed to struggle. This is supposed to be hard. Um, you know, parenting is supposed to suck the life out of you. And like, you're supposed to yell and scream and do all of that. And, you know, be angry and resentful at everybody. You're not, 
but we've been taught that that's normal because that's how people live culturally. And I don't want to buy into it anymore. So I'm here to feel amazing in my relationships with my children, in my parenting, in my marriage, in my business, in my bank account, in my time, in my energy, in my body. And I am only willing to surround myself with people who are like-minded in that sense. And anybody who's not, I'm not here to judge you because this is a this is a, a human experience. I'm not here to judge you. And I know that by being myself and becoming who I want to become, who I see or feel I want to become is my mission. Like that's my life's purpose. So when I do that, then I go in that direction and you are welcome to come along with me. And if I feel passive aggressive, energy being projected at me, you will not be invited to my party. You will not be invited to my bubble. That's called an energy leak. And it's like, I'm okay. I can stay here, come along for the ride or go find your people. But you know, your anger and projected anger is not going to get you to your higher self rather quickly. I feel like you've had so many experiences with your future self. Like sending you messages, like even when you were back in grade nine and like throughout your life, so many, you know, little, like she was visiting you, she was sending you messages. She was like tapping on your shoulder and, you know, something you have, I've always heard from you is like, you know, we're always getting these little nudges and whether it's like a knock on the door, just like little gentle knocks, like, listen, listen to what's happening in your life, like pay attention to your body. And, you know, you sort of have said before in the past with your cancer diagnosis, you had like ignored a lot of those knocks that were happening until like, basically the door just like broke down and, you know, everything came busting through. And I think that's, that's just our future self like, come on, girl, like, take this, listen, pay attention, take action. And, and it's like, for every single area of our life, our future self is like, just like tap, 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 like, here I am, are you going to pay attention? And it's not that we have to pay attention every single time, because it might not be the right time, but she's just there, you know, trying to guide you trying to leave the breadcrumb. And I can even think back to, you know, working with you, I think was, was definitely something that was in, it was on my path and I didn't know it, but there's a reason why it was your podcast. I found it was a reason why I binge listened to every single episode. There's a reason why finally I was like, I'm going to fill out her application. There was a reason why I got on the phone with you and I didn't get on the phone with someone from your team. You know, I really think that everything had, I was going to say, did I even have a team then? I don't think I had I someone think, else doing the calls. I think it was very shortly after that you did have someone start doing those calls for you. Um, but I think I was meant to get on the call with you before that happened. Cause I think that really was just mm -hmm. part of my plan. And, you know, maybe when the, when I found your podcast, you know, my future self was like, yes, yes, there she is. There she is, Megan. Like, this is who you need to be you know you need to get closer to her and it took me a year before I listened to the nudges but I think then probably when we got on the phone and I I joined your program and we connected my future self was like celebrating she's like yes she took it awesome okay 
now here's the next step. And then, and then she's like designing a new plan for me and like, okay, this is where you're headed. So, all right, how can I help you get there? Like what breadcrumbs can I leave for you to get to where you want to go? And I know that even as of, you know, lately without getting too personal, but I know, you know, like there's been other breadcrumbs that have been left for me and I'm like, finally taking those breadcrumbs and it's like they're moldy breadcrumbs at this point they are they are moldy but they're still there I'm just kidding and they're still effective it's still it's still gonna get me to the end result it's just I've found my own path to get there so I don't know to me this all of this makes so much sense in my brain but I'm sure for some people they're like what the fuck is she talking about well the interesting part what I like about, so people who don't know what a breadcrumb is, um, I don't know if I made this up or somebody else, but I just always think of, I think of mice, unfortunately, like, but I think of, um, just this little trail, right. Little trail leading you somewhere. And it's like the breadcrumb is there. Like your gut is saying to you, your intuition is saying to you, do this, do this, do this. And you dance around it because Mm -hmm. you're afraid of failure. You're afraid of you know, disappointing people, you're afraid of what if, what if, what if, what if, and the breadcrumb is just there. It's like, I'm not moving. And then all of a sudden you're like, fine, I'll take the breadcrumb. You take the breadcrumb because you have a lot of resistance around going to the breadcrumb, right? Because that's actually what I have found out is the more resistance you have, it's almost like that's the good shit is coming. Right. So when I'm resisting, taking an action, I always talk about high leverage action when I'm resisting taking an action and the action has so much resistance around it. I'm like, I'm going to go there first because that's like, that's showing me that's probably where I need to go. We're traditionally we're taught run away from that because we're taught not to feel uncomfortable. Right. So something that you're saying though, and I know this will pertain to your audience okay, we buy into like, do what you love and the money will come. Um, Follow, find your passion and market your passion. I just want you to know that like, you came onto this planet with a purpose. And if somebody said to me today, Heather, what is your life purpose? It's not what I'm doing today. It's not like, there's no elevator pitch of like, find your purpose. Like, I help women understand their children and themselves on a deeper level. That's not my life purpose because when I came in as a baby, that was not my life purpose. (laughs) So for me, I don't really know how to answer that question. And I think that's a really important statement to say, because a lot of people are searching for this life purpose. The purpose of life is to be you and to figure out who you are and to allow it to feel good. Like the purpose of life is to experience joy. But when I look at my like timeline as I was as a child to what I do now, it's very aligned with like a lot of different things. If it feels good, follow it. Like feels good, like in a healthy feels good, not like binging on chips feels good. Cause that was, <laughs> that's my go-to. Um, I'm in recovery. I'm like day 19, by the way, no chips. Um, that's another story. But if it feels good, go towards it. If you're, if you're, you know, if I always tell you, wouldn't it be nice if, right? Your Mm -hmm. journal prompt, wouldn't it be nice if everything that you write down, that is a breadcrumb, follow those breadcrumbs. But here's the thing. If I did not show up for my breadcrumbs, 
you would not have found me Mm -hmm. and you would not have had the transformation that you've had. So when I trust the journey and I literally go, interesting that she was sent to me, that something Mm -hmm. bigger sent you to me. So I'm like, I would love to start a podcast, but I can't do that. Who am I? I'm not enough. I'm not, I'm stupid. I'm the small one in the group. Like I feel so silly here, but there's a desire there. If you don't follow the desire, you're actually cutting off other people's transformation. So when I make it about me and it's very egotistical and I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, my children, my partner, um, I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. Literally. It's like, you have all these people banging on your door, waiting for you to show up in your life, but because you're choosing not to show up, they can't have the transformation because you're not willing to lead. And all you literally have to do is feel good follow your breadcrumbs, speak your truth in whatever capacity you feel called to speak your truth. But that's going to involve you trusting yourself. And as I know, as a beach body coach, you're all selling the same product, but you're selling it very differently. And your life, how you show up is very different than the next person. And you are all here to lead different people with your stories, the ways that you show up, the way that you teach, the way that you do things, but the better you feel, the bigger impact you are going to make on this world. Mm. I'm like, I could talk forever and ever and ever. I know. So just to kind of, um, you know, put everything into a little nice little package, um, where, what do you think your future self is is taking you next? Hmm. You know, interesting. I feel very content right now. Um, and it's not like content, like I'm complete. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, it's a rinse and repeat process right now. And I feel very curious and open. Um, speaking more on stages, I feel is something that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I love coaching. So that's going to continue. Um, I'm in this, like, I'm not pushing, right. I'm very curious, but I am still taking action. I'm still looking at the resistance, leaning into the resistance. Um, but my future self just feels very curious and I'm not necessarily attached to that. I almost feel like, like my future self, let's pretend she's six feet in front of me and it's very foggy, like, Mm -hmm. And I'm trusting that I'm just walking towards her. And as I'm walking, the fog is like moving away, but I can't see her right now. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Is there anything that, um, you know, you're just like really wanting to say and just like a little message that you just want to put out there that we didn't really touch on today? I just wish... I was taught and it was modeled to me that as a woman today, feeling good is your birthright. And I really wish I, I say I wish, but I know I wouldn't be the person I am today if that was possible. So there's no like resentment there. Um, But looking back, if someone's like, 
if you could change anything, I would have wanted to have females around me at a very young age that were empowered. So I had role models to know what it looked like um, to live a life that felt good and aligned. And knowing that I have the impact now to do that on my children um, and of course other people, but when you're in it, it still doesn't feel like you're doing enough or that you're good enough. And it's really about trusting that you are changing generational patterns in so many aspects just by following your desire. And that's the secret that we're all searching for is like, what's that parenting strategy? What's that business strategy? What's that life strategy? And it's like, take care of yourself. You literally have one body. You have limited time in that body. And if you treat it like shit, the body will deteriorate, your soul will deteriorate and your life, the quality of your life will reflect that. So you have an opportunity to take back control, to live, to be a good mother. Um, and you can co-create with your guilt, your fear, your overwhelm, um, but it does not need to run the show. Mm, love that. So where can people find you and can you give just like a little bit of um, just some details on your book? So when the audience is listening to this, your book is, is available. So just maybe give some details on where they can find that. Yes. So dying to be a good mother, um, how I dropped the guilt and took control of my parenting in my life can be found pretty much anywhere you purchase books online. You can go to dyingtobeagoodmother.com. There's a workbook you can download, uh, which is like 27 pages. You can download it. You can start your own book club. You can give that PDF to everybody, have everybody buy their own books. Um, and there's also a link there that will go to this book page to show you where you can book or where you can buy the books all online. And I personally, this year will be doing a lot with the book, whether it's monthly or bi-monthly, um, having book clubs and things like that. So just paying attention to what I'm up to either on the podcast, mom is in control or on Instagram at Heather Chauvin. And yeah, just follow me. And we're going to be diving deeper into the work and making magic happen. Mm, love it. Okay. I am so excited for this book because I feel like for as long as I've known you, you've been like talking about a book, a book, a book. And now like, I actually can't believe that it's, it's like here, it's like in printed copy. It's beautiful. Um, I had the pleasure of diving into a little bit of the, what is it? Manuscript or what yeah, was that? Probably that I, the advanced reader, the PDF version. Yeah. Yeah. The, at the retreat or our little oh, yes, fake, yeah. our fake retreat that we had. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I couldn't put it down. So I can't wait to get my, my own copy. So definitely get your hands on that book, follow Heather on Instagram. And definitely if you don't yet subscribe to her podcast, do that because I know that it will, that alone will, um, you know, you'll see big changes in your life. So thank you, Heather. This was fun and inspiring and any chance that I get to hang out with you, I always take. So thank you. Thank you, Megan. You are a gem.